0: The Banking with Life, which is the film I did with James, like, look, I look back with a hypercritical eye on the first two documentaries I made. Like, I didn't have the resources, I didn't have the skills. I was doing a lot of it myself, like made a lot of mistakes. And it's interesting because both of those films have still had a massive impact and by the way, launched my career. And so I want to encourage people, number one, to like, you know, if you have the desire to create anything and get a message out there. Just create it by any means necessary.
1: This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Better Wealth Podcast. I am here with the man behind Better Wealth Live and many documentaries and the video guy. Jason, you have a million names around here. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey man, it's long overdue. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hundred episodes.
1: I know. I I I very much feel bad about that because it's interesting. I remember talking to you before starting the podcast. Like we we go back, uh, and it's so cool to like be by your side and and building things that I think are going to be a game changer in our industry and um, just in in the world of helping people get their money thing figured out. Um, so what I would love to do, I'm going to actually tee you up a little bit more give people a little bit more context. Then I would love to like dive into your story and I know that you have some really interesting takes to this whole game of money, of infinite banking and, and what you've done. Um, but then I also want just, to just say this, if you're a creator, you're into video, or if you know somebody that is is big into video have them watch this because of a couple reasons jason's story is incredible like you've taken something that a lot of people can't make any money on and you've built a business around it but also at better wealth we are changing the game when it comes to getting our content out into the world and i firmly believe video is the is the key and i i I just remember going back to one of our key conversations when you held up your phone it was like i believe in the screen so with that my friend um why don't you give a little bit of info on who you are and then I would love to go down just like how you got introduced to infinite banking. And, um, and by the way, we could talk about politics. I'm, I'm, I'm letting that, I'm opening the door and hopefully I don't regret that, but I say, let's go.
0: Nothing's off the table, man. Not in, not in this space. So, well, I am super excited, not only just to be on the show, but be on the show as somebody who's on the Better Wealth team. Uh, And that's just something that's developed over the last few months. Um, I know you and I had been talking about it for a while, like we knew we were going to work together in some way, didn't know how that was going to come about. And, uh, you know, just to, just to go back a ways, because I'm, I'm not going to reveal my age, but I'm one of the older members of the Better Wealth team, uh, I, which isn't hard to do. I mean, it's like so many of the people on the Better Wealth team are some of the sharpest, most motivated, hardworking people under 30 that I've ever met in my life. And so you guys totally helped me level up and keep up. So sometimes, uh, I'm gonna say I appreciate it. And sometimes it is a challenge. And, uh, but you know, I I was into filmmaking and video production when I was in high school. In fact, that's what I did with my friends. And this is back in the day of VHS cameras, right? And we had to, edit in camera like we would shoot videos and make little movies and we had to shoot it in order and you know make sure our cuts were and we we had to make the timing like there was even like a second and a half lag between hitting record and when it would actually record under the tape so it, it was you know it was really janky when you look back on it but even then i was really you know interested in the technology and so when it came to me graduating high school Uh, I decided to go to film school. So I went to film school in Rochester, New York. I went to a technical school there called Rochester Institute of Technology. And um, it was the coldest year of my life. That was not fun. I only lasted a year there. Uh, But in that first year, we were immersed in filmmaking and the 16 millimeter filmmaking, you know, like the old school filmmaking and storytelling and, and all of that. And I remember even back then, this was in 1992. So now everybody's doing the math. Uh, But I remember a guy came in with two huge suitcases that he opened up and it had computers in it and he showed what was the first or that I knew of the first avid nonlinear editing system, computer-based nonlinear editing system that i had ever seen. And back then it was still very, very new. And so I remember seeing it and I remember visiting the guys in the computer animation lab who were working on the original, like, you know, early days before, you know, Pixar type stuff, you know, and looking at that and back then thinking, that's not real filmmaking, like real filmmaking is this cameras and reels and, you know, developing stuff. And so, you know, I went into film film school, uh, ended up a theater program at Ohio city and film, but my true passion was film. And I worked on my first independent film, uh, that year, uh, a couple years later in Columbus, Ohio. And, and long story short is at when, when I was in my college career, um, realized I didn't want to go out to Los Angeles, um, realized I didn't want to make that move into the industry. And, What ended up happening that year in 1996 is I became a Christian. That was a revolutionary thing for me. I had grown up never hearing the gospel, not in a Christian home. And when that happened to me, it really reframed what I wanted to set my life to. And so I was like, well, I'm still interested in making films, but I've got to get my life oriented around God and my discipleship journey. And so I ended up dropping out of college and I went off to a small town in Ohio and started in my journey of becoming a pastor. So I I know this is not the short story but I got I feel like all this this journey sort of leads leads Well and to- I
1: I'll, I'll just I'll just throw this in if you if you meet with Jason have him actually go into detail on how you came to know the God because <laughs> yeah, that, right. that's a whole that's a whole hour episode in itself and it's it's quite entertaining. Yeah um, so but that- no I some I appreciate the context.
0: No, but what, what was
1: that? I love giving. I love hearing the context because I think we see who you are now, what you're doing, and I just I think so many times we skip over the humble beginnings, the the ups and downs. And I, I don't want to. I want you to continue, but like, so you dropped out of school. You yeah. met, went took a 180, which I think talks a lot about who you are as a person. Like you're very convicted. From ever, ever since I met you, you were like. Your values, and you're convicted, and you're not going to sway from that. And and so,
0: which I appreciate you- that, yeah. And I would say, you know, when God got a hold of my life, I just had this moment where I was like, "Well, this is true. Like, I I've got to build this foundation." And and through that journey, you know, the woman who is now my wife of 21 years was foundational in my journey to Christ. And so, I thought I was going to just go be a pastor. And so I was in training for that. I ended up going out, starting a church in, um, in 2003 down in Cincinnati, Ohio. And a, a funny little story is while I was pastoring that church, not only lasted for about three years, I was co-pastoring it. Um, me and some of the other people in that small church, we got involved in something called the 48-Hour Film Project. See, I still had the bug to make films and media. And so I got some of my friends that were at the church and everything. We would go out and make this project, this really cool competition where you write, shoot, and edit a film in 48 hours, right? And there's all these constraints. And, and I feel like that kind of lit things back up for me um, again. And then I ended up leaving the ministry in 2006. It just became apparent through a number of things that that just wasn't the path for me. And ended up going full-time back into commercial banking, which is what I did by vocationally while I was in ministry training. And the way I got into that with no degree was the best man at my wedding and a good friend of mine, and who really trained me up in the Lord, his dad owned a um, equipment financing company. So I got in there, no degree, learned the business, started learning all this stuff. And and it was during that time. um, And then after I left the ministry, I went and I worked at Chase Chase Bank with the business banking division, worked with companies that did anywhere from 2 to $50 million a year in revenue. And what I was doing was I was talking to all these folks about how they should lease equipment because there's a thing called opportunity cost and they shouldn't pay cash because they can invest that cash in their business in a different way and get a greater return. And so I was learning all of these different things about money and how money worked. And, but I was using it on behalf of, of the bank. Right. And so Coming up into the, uh, the financial cra- uh, crisis of 2007, 2008, uh, shortly before that, while I was at Chase Bank, I got involved in Ron Paul's campaign. And Ron Paul was the first political campaign I ever got involved in. Um, and through that campaign, just the message resonated with me. It's where I started towards my beliefs around libertarian politics, but really, uh, Austrian economics and mm-hmm. understanding things about the federal reserve and the boom bust cycle and all of these crazy ideas and and Caleb you, you know you know a little bit about me in this that when i get onto interesting ideas i tend to go down the rabbit hole yeah yep and so with Ron Paul like i started exploring all of these different ideas and as i started doing that i started to realize that mm, number one i was miserable in, in equipment financing and commercial banking like I was 30, turned 35 years old. Uh, the financial crisis was, was in the, we were in the middle of it. I started to realize there wasn't any security when I was doing and I was like, look, 10 years are going to pass in my life. And am I going to want to be doing this in 10 years? And it was at that moment, 35 years old. My son was like nine years old, you know, bills, mortgage, all that stuff. And I remember telling my wife, like, look, I think I want to change careers. I think I want to go into media production, which is just like a another 180, right? Yeah. So that is where that idea came about was 10 years ago. And I had an opportunity to leverage some work I was doing in the political education world. I leveraged that into an opportunity to, to start a nonprofit in Austin, Texas that was around libertarian political education. And it was in that opportunity that I ended up bootstrapping my very first documentary.
1: So that was that, ten, about 10 year. years ago?
0: Yeah, 10 years ago. So p- prior to 35 years old, I hadn't done anything professionally in filmmaking or any work I had done was irrelevant, right? Because I told you that story, I was working in, you know, real film, right? I hadn't picked up a computer. I didn't have email in college. And so now I was trying to enter into a field that was completely different than anything I knew about. So I had to learn everything from scratch. You and know,
1: why why film? Like why what was that? Like what drew you to that? I mean, obviously you were you were always kind of interested as you were growing up, but like you're in banking, you look at your life and you're like I don't I'm, something needs to change. Why did you go there?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I just My first memory as a human being, I think I was like two and a half. I was in a drive-in movie, and it was a scene from Star Wars. It's a scene in the Jawas, right? I'm in the back of my dad's truck at the drive-in movie theater in the 70s. And, you know, that imprint was on my life. And I grew up always loving movies. Like, And I always had a desire and a thought in my mind. Like, I wanted to make movies. Like... And it wasn't until I got into college that I realized not everybody thought that, like, I just thought everybody wanted to go make movies. Right. And no, people, we would make these movies in high school and people would be like floored by how good they were. I mean, I don't know how good they really were, but people would, people would be like, wow, that's really cool or whatever. And I remember it just came naturally to me and my, my buddies. And so I started to realize like, there's something about that. And I, and I went on, I went on a journey of exploration when I was at the bank before I left. Actually, um, before challenges were cool, I did something called the 100-Day Challenge, where what I did was I decided I was going to write for 100 days about this career change journey. I was like, in 100 days, I want to be able to leave my job at the bank and be clear about what it is I want to do. And I started exploring ideas like, Uh, what am I gifted in? What am I passionate about? What is the career capital that I've accumulated up till now that can be used um, in this endeavor, right? And so as it was going through that, I was like, look, I think what I want to do is make films about important ideas, um, you know, work around ideas that I want to spread into the world. Like I started just having these things that were clear to me about it. And it was 111 days after I started that journey that I got the phone call to get recruited to to go do this thing. So it was that's a, That's a whole nother rabbit trail. But the truth is, is that um, I just went did a journey within, yeah. and ever since I stepped forward in that journey within, like I've seen the doors open to move me through that path. And so when you talk about being in an industry that, frankly, frankly, a lot of people I know in it don't really Necessarily, don't make a lot of money, don't necessarily experience a lot of success. Um, I feel like God has really been weaving that together, you know from way back at the beginning. And as I've continued on the path, it's sort of like been in success in spite of myself um, in a lot of ways. And so part of that journey was I wanted to continue to make content about economic ideas, um, and so one of the interesting things that happened was when I made that documentary, I made a documentary called Nullification, which is about the Constitution and states pushing back against federal power. And out of that, I ended up with a mentor of mine named John Popola, who started a company called Emergent Order in Austin, Texas. And they had created some rap videos about, the, about Keynes and Hayek. So economics rap videos that I ended up getting millions and millions of views on YouTube. And They were so, so high production value, very interesting, clever, well-written. And I was just like, I want to meet this guy. And I heard through the grapevine he was coming to Austin. So I just like picked up, I got on Facebook, friended him, messaged him. And within 48 hours, I was having lunch with him. And a week later, I was in Vegas with him. We were at an event and, you know, again, going back to your uh, podcast recently about networking, being extremely valuable. I mean, we can go so many rabbit trails, but like that literally started me down the path of, of, of a mentorship that lasted about three and a half years where I was able to learn, uh, in a quick amount of time, all of the skills I didn't have, you know, I was in banking. How am I going to start a career in media production?
1: No, it's like the complete opposite.
0: Yeah. So I was able to come in and mentor people who had worked at Spike, MTV, Nickelodeon, learn writing producing directing and and wow they were making films about economic ideas and libertarian ideas it was just like the perfect match and again i just felt like god divinely orchestrated that to put that together
1: so is that is when you went through that whole journey is that what got you introduced to like the nelson nash institute and infinite banking like how did that how did that work um like work out
0: Hey, give me one second. I just want to check something real quick. Yep.
1: Okay.
0: And then I'm going to pick right up from there. So. We're good. We're good. Okay. Cool. I just want to make sure I didn't lose any batteries or anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One man's shoot here going on. Um. Uh, yeah. So my intro. Um. Yeah. So my introduction to the infinite banking concept is really kind of interesting. Um. So I made this documentary and what happened was I was on a multi-state tour promoting, well, filming the documentary. And then once it was done, sort of promoted it. And so um, at one of those events, it was in Fort Worth, Texas. uh, There was a guy who bought a table uh, at that event named James Nethery, who is out of um, Fort Worth, Texas. And he's an infinite banking agent. And he had this book, Become Your Own Banker. And we ended up sharing a table. So I had my DVDs, he had his books. And so it was just like, we started talking and I ended up getting the book from him. I'd never really heard about it. Um, And, you know, didn't know anything about Nelson Nash. Kind of like a lot of people didn't really read the book right away. Then I ended up looking at it, checked it out, read it. was kind of confused by it. And frankly, um, and something Nelson would share with me or we would talk about later is, you know, my, Ten years of being in commercial banking because that 's how long I really was in the industry um, had had created an obstacle in my mind about really understanding what what he was talking about yeah. and so it took me about two years of just sort of conversation with James, reading, thinking, and then eventually um, it was Bob Murphy who i had I had also known through my work in libertarian ideas and making the documentary. Me and Bob had spoken at some events before. I really respected Bob. And when his book came out about um, uh, how privatized banking really works, I was like, oh, Murphy's in on this idea? I was like, okay, I am going to figure this out. Like, you know. So, um, so that's what I did. I, um, I, I decided, like, uh, to just dig right back into it. The lights came on for me, and shortly after that, I just decided. You know, I told James, I said, "Look, I got to get one of these policies going." Yeah. And so that was in. Um, I think I started my policy in 2013. My first policy.
1: And and the and it really was. It was an interesting idea. Was there anything that resonated? Because Bob Murphy, obviously, like you respect his political views, his thoughts on economics, and so the fact that he's all in, it's like okay, that's enough credibility for me. But what was like what were some things about, um, the infinite banking concept, whole life insurance, what, what you were learning that were like, I I think there's something here.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I, when I understood that there was a way to, um, as Nelson would say, secede from the, uh, you know, the snakes and dragons, right. Secede from the commercial banking world, like, to find a way to not be uh, uh, beholden to the banks and to be able to recapture your interest. And, and also, it was really powerful as I was starting to build my business, had access to capital. Like those ideas, it, it, it honestly, when I, when, when I got Bob's uh, insights on how it fit together with Austrian economics and what I believe about the Federal Reserve, I feel like that was just sort of the missing piece that brought about 10 other pieces together, you know? And so once that all happened, like what I realized was that I wasn't gonna fully get it until I actually had a policy. And that's what I would say to, to a lot of people is, you can only study this thing for so long, you can get all of the information, but it isn't until you actually Get your policy going and you start to use it, that you begin to really understand what's here. And I can just tell you that over the last seven years, I've got multiple policies now, but I have used it in so many different ways, whether it was using it as a tax sinking fund to be able to then pay my taxes, whether it was to use it for equipment acquisitions, whether I knew that it was going to be there as a financial backstop to even hire another employee and know that, hey, I actually can can have that there, I've got the work, but I'm taking a risk here. To be able to have that, to be able to borrow against my policy, repay myself back, just that has created a a peace of mind and a freedom. Um, because once you've got a business, yeah. m- many times when you need capital, the bank is the last place you're gonna be able to get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I've got a bunch of credit cards I've used to gr- grow my business too. And so sometimes like, I would actually put charges on credit cards and then I'd be like, man, uh, I need access to a little bit more capital right now to to complete something or to do some expansion. And I had it available in a place I couldn't have gotten it from the banks. And then, you know, grow, have an opportunity, pay everything off, like opportunity cost and having access to capital, just a difference maker. And it's been super powerful for me.
1: Nelson talks about the golden rule. The, those who have the gold make the rules, 100%. and I think it's so so beautiful because it's one of those things where you don't even like super analytical people. Which you, I I think you have a combination of both. Like you want to know, but you're also like I I, I get it. It'll it'll kind of work itself out. But super analytical people like to like pick apart certain things. But the the whole philosophy is put your money in a place where you have ownership, you have control, which is huge. Where it's not gonna actually end up screwing up the system even more but then you have control of that capital and for you i mean didn't you, didn't you use it to acquire a company recently like you you've are obviously have have used it in some powerful ways to increase your status increase your wealth increase your ability to impact and yeah. jason that's a perfect example of how like what we teach of you being your greatest asset and investing in the kind of results that you want to get
0: that's what i was going to say is once i had my business i really quickly uh, Realized that the the greatest return I can get for any dollar is putting more money into my business. Now, some business owners make the mistake that it's like they put every dollar into their business, and their their retirement plan is just to like sell their business at some point in time. Okay, right? that that's look, that's not that's not the best strategy. Like that that can happen, and your business can be valuable. But when we talk about you being your greatest asset, and your business being something that you can get fifty percent, one hundred percent, two hundred percent return, and more in a year, based on how you're able to maneuver with access to capital, and in a way, it's just like the fundamental principle of like how you take your labor and intelligence and capital and deploy it into the marketplace to create value for other people. That's how, and then that's how you create value for yourself, and so as i continued to have more skills as i continued to build my portfolio as i continued to build my team i had more and more opportunities to take sometimes bigger risks you know there was always an opportunity that something might not work out the way but listen it wasn't a risk in the stock market it was me doing like i'm looking yeah. at my own PL. i'm looking at my own opportunity i know my industry i know, like i have so much knowledge that the we don't have that knowledge about Companies that you invest in? No, I have all of the knowledge, and yeah. so I know. Hey, look, I'm going to deploy fifty thousand dollars in this direction, and unless I really screw it up, that's right. probably well. All the plus
1: And here's and another so thing.
0: I was able to actually acquire. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh no, you go. You finish your thought.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say. And so one of the things I was able to do is I was able to acquire a business uh, that a friend of mine had, a media company, and he had a portfolio and some some brand equity and a list and, you know customer base had a lot of things that were valuable for me that fit really well and so i was able to make that acquisition and it's been really really valuable
1: i love that and and so part of your personality is you go all in you got introduced to this and so instead of just being a a bystander consumer um you uh you were really the face behind the, you're like the video guy when when people thought of this strategy I think your name, your face would pop up because you were at every event. And I just remember from the very beginning, um, I actually got into this whole business because I've watched your documentary that you made with James Nethery. And like, I just got like, that's what made me want to read Nelson's book for the second time. Because I read it and I'm like, I read it way too literally. I I had to take a step back and get the big picture. Um, And so your, your work definitely like, I probably, you probably recorded a lot of the think tank videos that I, that I saw. And so I'm, I'm ultimately here. It's kind of ironic that I'm like, we're working together because you are the one that really through your lens or your skill made it possible for me to even learn. And so why don't you talk about like your journey in that and then doing the Nelson Nash documentary. And then uh, I want to set up how we really made the jump together. And I am so pumped even more so hearing your story like the fifth or sixth time just realizing how awesome it is that we get to like be working on something that's going to have a a generational impact
0: yeah well yeah and and it's funny one thing i want to say is you know the banking with life which is the film i did with james like look i look back with a hypercritical eye on the first two documentaries i made like i didn't have the resources i didn't have the skills I was doing a lot of it myself, like made a lot of mistakes. And it's interesting because both of those films still had a massive impact. And by the way, launched my career. And so I want to encourage people, number one, to like, you know, if you have the desire to create anything and get a message out there, just create it by any means necessary. Because I made my first documentary. I used Costco's return policy on three cameras they have a 90 day return policy, I didn't have any money. And so I would get the camera, return it, get another camera, return it, finally kept the third one. But when I started working with James, it was not, it was shortly after that. So I'm like, okay, I'm making another documentary. And I almost didn't work with James on it. Like I I felt like, man, I just don't know if we've got the resources to do something impactful. And we ended up doing it and like, I am so happy we did. It still really holds up, even though it's like coming on like it's like eight years old at this point. But um, a lot of a lot of the motivation behind that film was I realized that people are going to struggle reading Nelson's book. I realized people were going to struggle reading Nelson's book, like not not because it's difficult to understand necessarily, but we're in like a really post reading culture, and so I thought, man, if we could make a film that would be like less than an hour, that would get people interested enough to then take another deeper dive or call somebody, that that would be a real win. And so that's what we were able to accomplish with that. Thousands and thousands of copies of that DVD and a digital version have gone out to the world and I know it's had an impact. And it was after doing that, that the idea started to generate, um, You know, just a few years ago to generate, or uh, do a legacy piece on Nelson Nash um, that, Jason Lowe, um, a fellow uh, person up in Canada there, um, came to me with the idea and I worked with him to help him expand the idea into really something that I said, listen, what if we can, what if we make a documentary about this man's life and impact? And what if we can put some real resources behind it? And, and so, you know, the idea took seed, we just kind of jumped into it and it was an incredible journey. It turned out that we started it about two months or two years, excuse me, before Nelson died, had no idea that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, so we were able to capture some of the most greatest moments of his life. I actually was, I believe, at his home for maybe the last Thanksgiving that he was there for. We were shooting footage with his family and um, were able to screen the film, uh, like, eight weeks before he passed to him and a group of about 150 people. And so again, I just feel like God's hand was on that project. And, you know, that video uh, David Stearns and and Carlos and Bob with the um, Nelson Nash Institute just said, let's just put it out online for free. And so we put it out there. It's, it's, you know, closing in on hundred thousand views right now in just over a year. And, it's reaching people, it's expanding the message. And, you know, that opportunity was really, really precious for me and to be able to, uh, because I knew that a day would come where people wouldn't get to meet Nelson, wouldn't get to talk to him. And him teaching in seminars is really great and powerful, but it didn't really capture him. And I wanted to try to give more of a glimpse into a little bit more of who he was, and it doesn't do him justice at all. He's one of the most inspiring, incredible, powerful men of integrity I've ever had the pleasure to call my friend. And but I know that this film is going to continue to help him have an impact, you know, generations to come. Yeah. I
1: I think probably one of the greatest pieces of content that you've put out today has been able to capture a man who's has such a tremendous impact and on on our, on our industry and just in our world in general. And for you to have the, the idea with Jason and some other people to be like, let's let's capture their um, Nelson's legacy, and so I, I would recommend everybody check out um, check out that documentary, and you can go onto YouTube and just type in Nelson Nash documentary and it's going to pop up. Um, what, what's one of the things that you're looking back in your with your relationship with Nelson, that you just like what's one of the things that you've like taken away like biggest insight about him? Because I know there's a lot but anything that like jumps out as you went through the documentary, even before when you were working with him?
0: Uh, I've thought about this before and, you know, obviously one of the most powerful things about him was just how unapologetic he was about his faith, how he didn't hold back on that at all, really on anything he believed. And he was all, he always was very gracious about it. Right. He, he really loved people and who he was with, you know, gave them his full attention. Like, I I think there's just a lot to be said about that, particularly, like how he honored whoever was in front of him. And there's something that I've thought about, and I'm going to draw another parallel. You know, I had some opportunities to work with Ron Paul, really, really love who Ron Paul is and what he's done in the world. And with both of both him and Nelson, what I noticed is that there was sort of this it factor about them that I can only call integrity and that integrity generates a power in who we are and what we say that impacts people. And and you can't necessarily put your finger on it like it's a way of being that we experience and so i think we as human beings can we also experience compromised integrity and it's not what people say it's who they are yeah. and it's like a it's like a fracture in who they are as they move to the world and so the reason i bring this up is because you know both of those men had messages that generated movements and they were powerful messages but they they weren't necessarily the most articulate messengers or most um like they they they're unassuming humble old men you know and uh so his integrity is what gave and gives his his message power it, that made him the perfect delivery vehicle for it And so I think one thing I think about is how can I take that model of integrity into the world around what I'm doing, because it's going to bring a power and an impact to whatever whatever I'm doing uh, in a way that, that wouldn't be there otherwise. And so it's something that I take away from my experience with him. That's above and beyond anything he ever said. It's who he was.
1: He was. Yeah. Um, I want to now fast forward. Uh, this is probably two years ago. Uh, this is actually before you came out with the the documentary. We were in Utah together at a conference, and this was right actually pre-launch of my book. I had, I think, I had the demo, but I didn't even have the the, the copies of my book yet. And we sat down, and I didn't have any money. I mean, I had a little bit of money. It was, I think, Dan and I were just kind of starting off. Greg was still alive and helping us with with better wealth. Um, and I remember just having a conversation. I think you remember that over the fire and just being like, "I don't know how this will look or what what this will look like, but I do know that I want Jason to be a part of what we're doing because talking about the it factor, you have it. You also have the most context of anyone else in this industry, like economics, like the people. You're very connected, and you've also done two documentaries uh, specifically on this strategy. And I was thinking back, like ever since I even started Better Wealth, it was like, if, if people understood what we know about money, there will be a line outside the door. But we have to be, it's on us. It's on us to share that in a way where they can be drawn into that. And so it's been, you also know how frugal I am. And how I'm like, you know me personally, you know that. Um, It's kind of the running joke around here. So it's kind of, we had like this year and a half of like, just, just calls and getting closer and getting clarity. And I think uh, very soon after us, us really having that conversation, I was like, I I know a documentary needs to happen. We were talking about like what it would look like to do a documentary together. And then one of the things that I did um, is, or I'll say we, we we decided to do like a, a workshop together where you could teach a lot about video, the screen to scale kind of concept. And then it was like, I'm definitely known in the industry, people very much look up to what we're doing and what we've been able to accomplish. So we came together, did the workshop, there's a lot of synergy, you got to you get to meet some more of my team. And I think it was just like, all right, enough talk, let's figure out how we how we do this. And so um, the the so now where we're at, it's like, what what's the vision in, in the way that you see? Like, what's the opportunity? Because that when, when I say, like, I want to create a documentary, that's kind of like, okay, what does that actually mean? And then what I want to do next is talk about kind of a, a, a vlog idea, but it's a, it's a different project, but I think they both go hand in hand yeah. um, because people, it's like, if you can just get people to see it, you get people to taste it. If you get people to really understand what, what's in it for them. I'm telling you, man, Like that, that one piece of content could be the domino that changes the way that America, the world, starts thinking about money today and in the future.
0: Yeah. And one of the things, part of my journey is I've had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest uh, direct response you know, financial publishing companies in the world that, that create video content for sales and marketing funnels that generate customers in revenue. and revenue. So through my whole journey, I've taken these different pieces, which is, okay, create great content and storytelling, but how can we do it in a way also that has, you know, I say a sales dimension to it. But but the fact is, is we've got to move people through a process of unawareness to awareness to understanding to action. And, and that looks like a sales process because at the end of the day, if they're going to change their life, they've got to buy a couple of products, financial products, and they've got to put some money to work. And so, and, and in a way, it's it, one thing I love about this this business being um, this approach to improving people's life. What Better Wealth's really doing, frankly, and companies like Better Wealth is yeah, there's some products that are being sold, but it's like these are the these are the things that make what you want to do possible that's all it is it's it's the same way that i got to buy a bunch of camera equipment in order to make everything possible that i do there's a few products that you have to put together in order to actually get the kind of momentum and efficiency in your financial world that you need and so um what we are looking to do or what the vision is 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 and and this is also something i would encourage anybody who's got a business who's looking to do any content creation in their business right now really listen to is, is recognizing that we've got to do things to create awareness, affinity, and authority with people out there who either don't know that they need this or want this or that they have a financial need or, you know, all of these types of things. And so we've decided that, you know, number one, what we've got to do is we've got to saturate the marketplace with really powerful content that serves people. And at Better Wealth, what we're doing together is is doing that through the podcast and through the video podcast. So since I've come on board with you guys, we've ended up taking the podcast to become something that comes out every five days of the week um, and a video on YouTube that goes along with that every day. And if we only did that, that would actually, you know, make an impact, but that's just scratching the surface of what we want to do because what we want is we want to make sure that not, it's not about finding Caleb. And it's not about finding better wealth, it's about making sure that when people are in search and discovery around how to improve their lives financially or around these specific concepts, that they find good information. And so, we know that that's what we can provide. Information that they can rely on, that they can take to the bank and that they can use to change their life. And so, we're gonna create it. We're gonna do our part by putting it out there saturating the market with it. The other thing that we want to do is we want to create more robust educational content for people who get that initial taste of things and they want to go a little bit further in the self-education ed- journey. So we've got additional content that we're producing now that's going to be more robust around the and asset, which is an incredible book that goes really well with, with Nelson Ash's book, but that allows people to then um, go deeper. So we're helping to generate awareness on YouTube and through social media and through podcasts but then um, we're helping them to also build their affinity and trust and knowing who you are and the Better Wealth team is because it's not just Caleb; it's a mm. whole team of incredible people who are some of the most committed to transforming people's lives and transforming at least a million of them. Um, and so that's where also this storytelling concept comes in of wanting to add the vlogging dimension and the documentary comes into it because. We want people to understand who all of the powerful players are that make better wealth possible, the philosophy that moves it all behind, not only that, some of the people whose lives have been changed in the community that's being created around better wealth. And there is a community being created. There are hundreds of people who've been impacted, who've begun to implement these strategies, who're doing incredible things. All of their stories are very different. And we want to find a way to. Draw all of those people together, and we want to find a way to sort of tell the the whole story in one package. It's a big ask, and but but I think that this documentary that we're making is going to be a really key way to to do that in, in a in a in a package, and then through that we're talking about wanting to do a lot of documentation around what actually happens on a day to day basis with you, Dan jeremy the other the other players who are um helping people go through this journey as well and yeah. highlight the creation of some of the proprietary and incredible tools right. that you guys have created as well that yeah. have just been released on the new better wealth website and and there's more to come so yeah. i feel like i'm not even doing any justice but the truth is is that we've got a massive job yes, that we're we have committed to doing together and we've realized you know, it's going to take more than me and you and yeah. Aaron and Mariah and, and everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody, almost everybody better else getting in front of the camera. There's having some way of, of being part of this content journey. And so we realized like, look, we need some other people yeah. who can get really bought into what we're up to and yeah. want to yeah. work with us to make some incredible content.
1: Yeah I as I think about it it's hard to be in at, at better wealth and not feel a little bit uncomfortable because we're we're just moving so quickly and um I I do I do appreciate the way how you opened by uh, you're you're doing a great job keeping up with the young young people uh cuz you'll you'll get some texts late at night or some crazy ideas from me weekly and um you do such a good job of like being open but then also being consistent um and when I think of when I think of the documentary I just think of like man, if we had that one piece of content that if you had an hour or less, you could like get a solid understanding of not only why, how, but what exactly you need to do to get the kind of results that you want, what you can do with your money today. Like that piece, I will make a bold statement. I don't think that piece has been made. Um, cause if it has, I, w- I would have like been using it a lot. I think there's a lot of good pieces, including my book. Like, like you said, people are not reading. Like there's my book's a great place to start. Nelson's has a great book like, that can get you to start changing your mindset. I think documentary, um, wherever it's held, I, that's a whole nother thing is like where it will be held, but just getting people to see that like, there is a better way with the strategy. And then the vlog is just an, an idea of like, let's start documenting what we're doing. Like A bold statement, a million people in the next five years. Whether we make that or not, we're on a journey that is going to make an impact in, in, our, in our country. And like, I want to start documenting that. I was, it's interesting. I'm speaking at a group uh, later this month. And one of the things that they want is they just want to know what my setup is. So I'm going back, going back in, um, giving them the beginner setup where I started with an iPad Pro and my Mac. Then I'm going to talk about what we're currently doing. And like, this is documentation. Part of the podcast is my ability to just document where we're going. But we have so many extraordinary people too. I mean, each person, On the team could have their own podcast. Oh yeah, one hundred
0: percent.
1: It's just like it's it's really special to me to think that we like we could have an ability to start documenting that. And so one, there's a couple reasons why I want to have Jason on the show. Number one, remarkable story. Shame on me for not having you on sooner. Number two, be be uh, stay tuned for what's to come, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be good and and number 3 if if you're somebody that resonates with our our mission, our message, if you hear Jason's story and maybe resonate a little bit with him, like I'm telling you, we are we want to create a platform and opportunities and and invite you to to really come in and say like what does this look like? How can I use my creative skills? Because the bigger vision here is how do we create a network? How do we create a platform? To share our message of not just the and asset, but how you can start taking control, how you can be seeking results, and ultimately how you can be um, living life for more than just yourself. I think there's a lot of power and wealth that come from that. And we 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 want to start documenting the journey. And so we don't know exactly what that looks like, but like we at least wanted to do our part and document this because I'm. I think from the very beginning, Jason, I've been a broken record. Like I know we can get our story out if we can document. Cause every time someone comes to our house or like, here's our story, they're like, they're like raving fans. Yeah. So how, we just get, we got to scale that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what, that's the message we're putting out there is, is look, we're, we're looking for other people who think they have uh, the skills, the desire and the passion to help us and uh it's a lot of fun we're having a great time and um you know we're having an impact like we're already seeing the needle being moved just by increasing the the videos that we're doing and that that's not even scratching the surface so uh caleb i know you've got a thought on how people can reach out and get in touch with us to let them know just we're just asking people to raise their hand like you can just like look i don't even listen if you listen to this podcast And you're like, I don't know the first thing about video camera, but you know what? I am interested in helping you guys get the message out there. What can I do? We want to hear from you too, right? We're looking to mobilize people to help them help us reach and and impact a million lives. So, but specifically, if you have a passion for content creation, you have a passion for content marketing, if you have a content for video production or video editing, storytelling in any way. That's who we want to listen. That's who we want to reach out to. Us.
1: Yeah, I I did everything that you're saying. Like, there's two types of people. There's the person that's listening to this and that wants to raise their hand, or there's um, the parent <laughs> or somebody that knows someone talented that that needs to share this episode um, with with that individual. Because again, we are we're just we're just trying to figure out what this looks like. And I'm a big believer in the person versus the 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 product or the 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 job description. Although we have um, have have fleshed out what that kind of looks like. And so, um, Jason, thank you from the bottom of my heart for like taking a chance on me for even talking to me three years ago when I really had no, you had no reason to sit down and talk with me at all. And thank you for your heart and your work ethic because um, I'll break on you for a second. For someone that has so much that they're doing and that they can do, the fact that you spend so much time and so much personal time investment I know I'm going to look back on this time and be like that. I just, just humbled, just humbled by the fact that I get to um, work with you so closely and build something that's going to be incredible.
0: Well, it it took a particular kind of company and kind of person, Caleb, to, to get me to consider coming on board in this kind of way. Like it, I can't think of anybody else I would have, I would have jumped on with. And so, you know, thank you. And, uh, Thanks for uh, keeping me keeping me jumping and moving and uh, staying, staying young, frankly.
1: All right. If this resonates with anybody, or if you know someone that this will resonate with, make sure that they can email me, Caleb at BetterWealth.com. That's Caleb at BetterWealth.com. And just email with the description BetterWealth video. Like, even if you just have an idea, if you haven't, if you resonate with anything about this content, or you know somebody, make sure that they reach out to us because we are in the ideation stage of just figuring out what this looks like. Jason, anything else that you want to say about the whole video, what we're trying to build?
0: Um, I would say that uh, I am bullish on video and on the impact that we're going to continue to have from phone to phone or from screen to screen, from device to device. I know sometimes people Look at these devices as though there's something that's generating all sorts of trouble, and 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 maybe that life isn't so good because everybody's so distracted. And and, and really, the tool is, you know, a, a tool. We have the ability to directly connect with people, eye to eye, through the devices that we all carry around in our pockets. It's up to us to use that to have an impact for positive and good and to make a change in people's lives more quickly and easily and directly than we've ever been able to do in the history of the world. So let's do that. Let's take that as a challenge and as a duty and as something that we use to really make the world a better place. And I know that that's what you're doing. That's what I want to do. And I would encourage anybody else to, to do that as well.
1: That's so beautifully said. Thank you, um, Jason, you've, you've, uh, not only heard, but you've probably edited one or two of my interviews. So you know how I love to end every episode, mainly because I just like to go back to people's roots and go back to the big picture. And so if this was your last day on earth and you were with the people that you love the most, what would you want to make sure to communicate? What would you want to make sure to pass down? What would you want to make sure to get across knowing that this was your last conversation?
0: Yeah, I would say this is I would say, honor yourself. And there's a time in my Christian journey and my understanding of like who I am and who God is, where I would have thought that that wasn't right. Like that honoring ourselves is somehow selfish or is like lifting ourselves up in some way. But I came to realize that actually God created us so uniquely and individually and packed us with a a way to impact the world that only we uniquely can, like that's how he wanted it. And so it's only when we honor ourselves that we can tap into that unique calling that God wants to move through us. So that's what I would say, honor ourselves so that we can fulfill the calling that God's placed in our lives.
1: I I love that. How can people reach out to you and, and continue to follow the work that you're doing?
0: Well, they can reach out to me at jason at betterwealth.com right now. And also come to my website, jasonrink.com. You'll find what I'm up to there and come find me on Facebook. That's where we get into the real political and interesting conversations <laughs> that we didn't get into here, but hey, maybe, maybe down the road. So anyway, uh, find, me, uh, find me and say hi on social media. I, I accept almost all friend requests and love to find out what's going on in people's lives.
1: Jason. Dude, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for finally coming on the show. And I'm excited to build an empire with you.
0: Yeah, you too, man. Love it. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.